السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام الأتمان الأكملان على خير خلق الله أجمعين وعلى آله وأصحابه ومن سار على سبيله ونهجه ومن استن بسنته ومن اهتدى بهديه إلى يوم الدين أما بعد وقد قال تعالى في قرآن المجيد والفرقان الحميد أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون صدق الله العظيم All praise, all thanks, only Jews, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala It again has given us this beautiful opportunity on the occasion of the day of Jumu'ah together in the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Indeed, this is a great, great favor from the side of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for this, also being the last Jumu'ah in the month of Ramadan. We make dua to Allah ta'ala that He accept all the ibadah that has taken place. We make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He crowns it with acceptance and His happiness. So we also make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He gives us the topic that after the month of Ramadan also to appreciate every Jumu'ah. And we make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that He allows us to see more, many more Jumu'ahs and He makes it such that our life also comes out in the day of Jumu'ah. Anyway, when a person starts a business, when a person is going on an objective of a business, there's a reason why he's doing business, why he's starting a business. And one of the main reasons is to make profit. So the person is successful as far as his business is concerned. So in the beginning of Ramadan, before Ramadan had come, Allah ta'ala in the ayat of the Quran is explaining to us that what is the objective, what is, what is the, one of the main objectives of fasting, that we all fasted every day and now to be fasting, what is the main objective? Is it to make profit? Is it so that a person can become more popular? Is it to make him more healthy? All these things are side benefits. But the main thing, Allah Ta'ala Himself says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may gain taqwa. So one is a person has a plan to get the profit in his business. The other is a going concern plan, a plan that how can I keep this business now moving on? It mustn't happen that first man comes, I make profit and the next month come, the whole business crashes. Or in investment terms, you call it a preservation plan. That whatever I gained in this period that I've done investment, whatever I've gained as far as my business is concerned, it mustn't be lost suddenly. At the month of Ramadan also, there were so many things, so many controls, so many interventions Allah Ta'ala had put in place so that we could get taqwa. A person is fasting. Then that a person also now is standing up in Tarawih at night. A person is reciting Quran Sharif. A person is in the Masajid. A person is told to speak less. A person is told that he should engage less time in mixing with people, he's told to sleep less automatically in this whole system that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, so all these controls that are put in place is so that the person's level of taqwa comes high. Now that he got this level of taqwa, how does he maintain it after Ramadan? So we'll just discuss a few points, a few points to help us preserve what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us in this Mubarak month of Ramadan. Otherwise it's possible that just in one day, the day of Eid, that's supposed to be a very special day. If a person is not careful, everything that he gained, he can lose it immediately. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala save us. So the first thing that we need to take care, and this is not only on the day of Eid, this is on the day of Eid, after the day of Eid, the whole year, so that we can maintain it. You see a aeroplane that is flying, so long as there is resistance. You see when the aeroplane takes off, you'll see the wind shock showing the direction of the wind. So long as there is resistance, that aeroplane is able to gain altitude. Sometimes the resistance is created with the engine, the resistance to the wind. Or sometimes it's with the wind itself is blowing in a certain direction. And sometimes it's a combination of both. But the person is able to get altitude. So, so long as there is resistance against this nafs that we got, there is some resistance 
whether it's physical mujahada or whether it's opposing the nafs itself, it allows the person to gain altitude. The least is the person should maintain that altitude, but it should never be such that a person is going nose diving after the month of Ramadan. So the first thing that we should take care of is take care of the eyes. Very, very important. This eyes is something that is a direct link to the heart. It's something that can cause the heart to increase in spirituality or it can cause the heart to decrease. You can take away a person's ruhaniyat. It's a doorway, a gateway to the heart. But the first thing is we look after the eyes. Look after the eyes from looking at wrong, anything haram, <coughs> anything that is forbidden. And also take care of looking after the eyes from those things that are halal but will tempt us towards going to things that we don't need. For example, a person starts looking at the wealth of others. Allah Ta'ala has blessed him with a certain amount of wealth. Allah has blessed him with a car, but he starts looking at the cars of others. He starts looking at the wealth of others. Now what happens? Allah Ta'ala himself mentions, وَلَا تَمُدَّنَّ Do not extend your eyes to what Allah Ta'ala has blessed others. Allah Ta'ala has blessed the kuffar, etc. This is Allah Ta'ala has given them, Allah will test them with that. It's not for us. Because once we start looking, there's a friend of ours, and if you look at his balance sheet, you look at his assets and liabilities, you'll think that this person is selling, he's in the game of selling exotic cars. That so many exotic cars, sports cars, you'll think that it's impossible for one person to be driving so many cars. It can't happen. But the, ask him that, what, is, what are you up to? Every car there is financed, he has to borrow it. What is happening? He says, i got a weakness. The moment I see this car, I want to buy it. The moment I see another sports car, I have to buy it. So this is the weakness. And a very short while later, you'll find that the same person now suddenly is in a big red. Why financing this sports car, that sports car? And now you're declaring, wow, Allah Ta'ala and Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam be getting involved in interest. So even those things that are permissible, therefore Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned, Unzuru ila man huwa asfala minkum, wala tanzuru ila man huwa fukakum, that look at those people that are below you, as far as financial condition is concerned, as far as health is concerned, as far as the benefits are concerned, look at those people that are below you, don't look at those that are above you. If you start looking at those that are above you, immediately you'll stop appreciating, we will stop appreciating what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. Therefore it is a nice English saying that don't drive a car better than the one you own. Don't drive a car better than the one you own. What it means is that if you drive a car that's better than the one you own, automatically you start disliking the car that Allah ta'ala has blessed you with. So why we should do this? Is all the time look at those people that don't have vehicles, those people that are battling in ICUs, those people that are sick, those people that are unemployed, and a person will be make shukr with what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. So the first thing is we take care of these eyes from those things that are even permissible, but it's others that Allah Ta'ala has given others good for them, we're happy for them, but why do we need to extend our eyes in that direction? The next thing is a person looks after his tongue, he's very, very careful of what he speaks. His tongue is something that is so serious on one occasion, Hazrat Mu'ad bin Jabal radiallahu anhu, he came up to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he said, oh Rasulullah sallallahu show me one action, that if I do that action, then... Allah Ta'ala will enter me into Jannat and he'll keep me far away from the fire of Jahannam. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam replied to him, you're asking about something that is very big, something that is azim, very, very big you're asking. But if Allah Ta'ala wants to make it easy for somebody, he can make that big thing easy also for him. So Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam went on. He didn't just give him one action, although he was asking for one action, Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned to him multiple actions to make it easier for him to practice and make it easier for the ummah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam to practice. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam started off, لا تشتكو بالله شيئا. Don't ascribe any partner with Allah Ta'ala. وتقيم الصلاة وتؤتي الزكاة. That you perform salah, you give your zakat. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went on to explain that you perform hajj. 
And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and you fast in the month of Ramadan. Then Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, <coughs> could I not show you avenues of goodness, many, many avenues of goodness that you can do. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained to him that giving charity extinguishes the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, like how water extinguishes the fire. How water is used to put the fire off, like that charity actually puts the anger of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala off. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained to him, waking up in the middle of the night, crying to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is also a great avenue of good. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam explained to him that fasting, when you fast, this fasting is a shield. And then Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam then said, should I show you something that will preserve all the good actions? In other words, a preservation plan, a going concern plan. <laughs> should I show you something? So Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam took out his tongue, he held his tongue, and he said, Kuffa alayka dhali. That take care of this. Kuffa alayka hadha. Take care of this tongue. This tongue is something that you, that, that will cause a person to go into the fire of Jahannam. Now this was something that surprised Hazrat Mu'az radiallahu that the tongue, just speech, speech sounds something like so innocent. So he asked Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you mean to say people will be put in the fire of Jahannam because of speech? Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam told Hazrat Mu'az radiallahu anhu, Sakilatka ummuk, that, oh Mu'az, may your mother bereave you. In other words, it is an expression that this is something that is so serious and yet you are considering it something so light. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam went on to say that people will be flung headlong on their, either on their faces or on their necks. People will be flung into the fire of Jahannam because of the speech that they give. So the speech is something that is very, very serious. We can be very, very careful. In Ihya ulum again, it is mentioned that even the speech that is useless, in other words, it doesn't have any benefit, it doesn't have any harm, that speech also a person will be taken, taken to task on the day of Qiyamah. So speech comes into three categories. One category is beneficial. That speech we can engage in. The next key is speech is it's harmful. It's going to harm ourselves. It's going to harm the next person. That speech we keep away from altogether. And the third speech is what we mentioned, layani. That also a person is very, very careful. Ulama explained one very nice way is before a person utters any words, before he speaks, he should ask himself, will the speech make Allah Ta'ala happy? Will Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam become happy with the speech of mine? If yes, then I speak it. If not, person doesn't speak it. And perhaps if he spoke something and then he realized that I spoke the wrong thing. Remember speech is of two types. One is the speech of the tongue, the physical tongue. The other is the speech of the pen or the keyboard that we got on our phones. We can talk via the keyboard. We can talk via the text that we are sending or the mess email that we are sending or we can write letters. So one is that type of speech and one is the speech of the tongue. If a person makes a mistake, then one of two things that a person should do. If he had heard somebody immediately ask the person for ma. If that person spoke something against someone else, but that person didn't hear about it, he didn't come to know about it, immediately he makes istighfar. He doesn't go and ask that person for maaf now because that person now will hear about it, but he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for maaf. Rahmatullah was asked about this masla. So he says, he says, yes, it's right that you shouldn't even speak about somebody, you shouldn't speak bad, and if that message now reached that person, then you got to go and ask that person for maaf. But he said, yeah, no, but kuaya. Why you even let it reach that stage where your speech now can hurt somebody? It shouldn't even come to that stage where your speech now is hurting somebody. So the next thing we take care as far as our preservation plan is concerned is the tongue. The next thing we take care is this heart and mind that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. What we read, what we see. Very often a person just thinks it's innocent. I'm looking at the news. I'm reading the newspaper. What's happening in China? What's happening in Croatia? What's happening in Russia? What's happening in America? What's happening in England? Our Akabir and Elder says, Ye cheese to hote rahega. 
this politics that are taking place all over the world, that is going to continue. A day is going to come, our eyes are going to close, we are going to go in the cover. And that politics of who was appointed here, what happened there, what happened here, we must think what's going to happen to us when our eyes close and we're going to go in the cupboard. How is all the politics all over the world going to help us? Rather, we focus our time on the moments Allah Ta'ala has given us. Read the Quran, read some ayat, read some zikr. To such an extent, Ibn Hajar al-Asqalani rahmatullahi was so careful about looking after every second of his time that he would write so much. He wrote beautiful writings of him. And what he would do is when he had to sharpen, in those days they would write with a type of a pen that they would dip in the ink and then they would write. But at times that nub, so to speak, would get blunt. So they needed to sharpen it. And when he would sharpen it also, then also he would be making zikr all the time, sharpening it. So somebody asked him that you're so busy, why are you making zikr? He said, why should I even lose the moments when I'm sharpening the pencil? I don't want to lose those moments also in making the zikr of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So why the person looks after his mind, he looks after his tongue, what he's reading, what he's seeing. Hazrat Muhammad Sallallahu rahmatullah, he would say that that person is your companion. If for the moment you are reading something on the news, that author of that article is your companion, he's your saki for that moment. A person is sitting with his friends and talking, those are his companions for that moment. If we keep good company and we read good things, we read good kitabs, etc., we read the Quran of Allah Ta'ala, Allah Ta'ala is our companion at that time when we are reading good things. The person is careful of his mind and his heart. The next thing that we've got to be careful as far as this preservation plan is concerned is that information received and information sent as I explained, that this is part of this news, this is part of what we read, and what we send also to others, what we talk to others, be very careful, this heart and mind Allah Ta'ala has given us, so that we can recognize Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can have love for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa we can think of akhirat, not that we just utilize it and waste it for every odd thing. And the next thing, or the last thing that we take care of, is we have respect for every aspect of being. We have respect for the Quran Sharif, we have respect for the Masjid, we have respect for Salah. That Salah is there, I need to be early in the Masjid. I need to go early, I need to go before the Azan. This is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the Salah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. I have to be very, very careful. So this is something which is very important. I need to take care of my parents. Allah ta'ala has given me parents, I got to take care of them. Allah ta'ala has given me neighbors, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given me staff. I got to see that I'm taking care of all this. This is part about respecting people. Which is very, very important. And the last thing that we should be very careful of is respecting those people that are the friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the awliyaullah. To be very careful of what we say and what we speak. There's an incident of one person. He was very, very active as far as deen is concerned in Gujarat. He was very, very influential. And it's because of some misunderstanding that he, he took a disliking for Hazrat Jimullah Masiyallah rahmatullahi. So he wrote a very hard letter to him. That accusing him of many things, that you are not encouraging people to be proactive as far as deen is concerned, proactive as far as Islam, you are only focusing on people's Islam, etc. So anyway, these pious people, they don't reply anything, they keep their hearts clean, etc. He didn't say anything. But very shortly, the same person, his beard had come off, he stopped reading Salah, not going for Juma Salah. So a friend of his, who raised the incident, he said that I saw this friend of mine, suddenly his life changed. What happened? He said, I was surprised. That he was such a influence, influential person in our community, but suddenly everything changed, not even coming to the masjid also. I said, I went and spoke to him. I said, perhaps, perhaps you showed some bay adbi, some disrespect to a pious friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he said, yes, I, read, I wrote a very hard letter to Hazrat Muhammad rahmatullahi. He said, I feel that this is the cause of you reaching the stage. You don't have any drive for any good deeds anymore. You don't want to go early to the masjid. You don't even want to go to the masjid. You're not even going for Juma Salah. That desire for doing good deeds has suddenly left you. So now he says, write a letter. 
sign this letter and we'll get it delivered to Hazrat Ji asking for ma. So the letter was written, then to Hazrat Ji, Muhammad in Jalalabad. When that letter reached him, Hazrat Ji came, he just wrote two words as a reply. Sab maaf dil sa. He sent the letter back. When the letter reached him, he read the letter, immediately he was overcome. Again Allah Ta'ala instilled him with joy, with happiness, with enthusiasm. Back to the masjid, back to bring activities of deen, etc. But one thing, as we may see so small, this respect, this also is something very important part of our deen. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq. And one aspect that will help us to preserve all this is take care of this time that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us. This time is something very important. If a person value, values every second, then he'll find that he won't have any time to complain and make nashtukri. There's about two or three minutes left. I'll finish off with an incident that we did this week in this masjid. As the Sheikh Zakaria rahmatullahi mentioned this incident of in RBT. And it's something for us to bring in our life. Because we'll get contentment also in our life, we'll get happiness in our life. This thing of contentment has left most people's life. There was one person, we just finished that story just now. There was one person who came and complained to a buzuruk. He said that, I eat the best biryani, I eat the best kalya, I eat the best akni, but I don't enjoy it. I got no more enjoyment in the food. So the buzuruk told him, okay, I'll do an ilaj for you, I'll do a remedy for you. But this is how the remedy will go. You need, I'm inviting you to my house for breakfast. But you stop eating the day before, at Zohar time you stop eating. The next day breakfast you come to my house and this ilaj inshallah will show you how you can start enjoying the food that Allah Ta'ala has blessed you with. So he said, okay, I'm willing to do that. He was a wealthy person also, he was blessed. So he stopped at the Lord and then he didn't eat anything till the next day. The Buzuk told him, you see, you come around 10 o'clock to me for breakfast. When he reached there, the Buzuk told him, you know what, I'm a little bit busy, sit here, don't go anywhere. I'm just finishing up some work. Well, now this person is hungry, but anyway, he's sitting and he's waiting. So the Buzuruk now, he said, okay, you know what, I told him, I told the Khadim to go and buy the things from the market. So they gone to buy the things. He said, oh, okay, they're still going to buy the things. When are we going to eat the breakfast? So another one hour went away. Then he told them, prepare the things slowly. Tonight was, they started preparing the things slowly. He said, okay, food is getting ready. It was already about the whole time now. The next day, and this person is literally starving. So then he, he said, prepared some simple dar. Dar and some roti. When that dar and that roti came, Buduk said, Shalom, now you said, now let's eat. So when they ate, he said he ate with such relish and such enjoyment he got from that food. He told Buduk, I'm getting much more enjoyment from this food than I got from all my biryani also, eating the simple doll. So then the Buduk told him, this is the remedy. Is that when you have too much of lavish, in too much of, in, in excess, then you lose qadr for what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you. To cut your lifestyle down as far as these things are concerned, eat when you need to eat. Sleep when you need to sleep, do things when you need to do it, then Allah will give you appreciation in what you got. So that was the ilaj for him to bring that level of appreciation. My time is expired. Maybe we'll mention that story of the Sheikh Zakaria Rahmatullahi on the next occasion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the topic, very important. Tomorrow is the Eid, or maybe Sunday is the day of Eid. Whenever is the day of Eid, let us be careful of preserving what Allah Ta'ala has given us. This mixing would Females and males is something that is very dangerous on the day of Eid. Sometimes people are taking photographs also, spoiling the whole month that we have gathered. Sometimes it is uh, people that are sitting on the table, don't know what to talk, are we making ghibat, speaking about this person and speaking about that person. All that we have gathered, this preservation is gone suddenly. So if we take care of these few things that we spoke about, inshallah we'll continue for gaining altitude throughout the year. And it should be the best day of our lives, should be the day that we meet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah ta'ala give us all the tawfiq of making amal. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil.